Now, I, I came in actually a few minutes into the announcement, so I'm not sure if it got shared or not, but just in case, I want to make sure everybody um, understands, um, Wednesday night, we will only have choir and youth. The, the youth Bible study and the choir will meet. The adults and the children will not meet this Wednesday night, just making sure everybody understands that, but we'll pick back up the following week, so just want to make sure everybody gets that so no one shows up and we're not having it, and he may have already said it, but like I said, I was running late this morning, so <laughs> so um, if you heard it twice, that's okay too. So um, At this time, we're going to have our children to be dismissed for a time of children's church, and the children can go with Miss Mandy today on this first Sunday of fall, and we feel it outside too, don't we? Just to, just to kind of give you a, something to compare it to, I talked to my mother yesterday down in Louisiana. It was pushing 100 down there yesterday. So aren't y'all glad y'all were up here where, where it was nice and cool? Amen. And uh, yeah, they haven't heard about fall down there yet. So, um, so you know, it could, always, it could always be worse. Just want to um, say one more time, uh, if you were here last week, did you have a good time? Yes. I, I, I don't think, if you said you didn't, you're lying. So. Because one, we, we just had a good gathering. We had a wonderful time of worship. Uh, Brother Page brought a message, a challenge to our church. It's always good to see him in Mississippi anytime they come and, and visit with us and are, and are with us. Um, you know, we're Baptists, so you know we like to eat. And there was, if you didn't get enough, again, I think you're lying. Because there was plenty over there, and, and I was still full Sunday night, so I didn't even eat much the, the rest of the day. But it, it was so good. Everything was wonderful over there. And then we, we came back over here, and we just had a good time of, of singing together and a good time of fun. And, you know, if you weren't here, you missed it. And whatever happened, you might not ever get to see again. So you had to be here, but you, you just never know what's going to happen when we get together. And we had just a wonderful time last week of homecoming. But you know what? There's another homecoming that's going to take place one day. That's going to blow last week out of the water. It's going to blow anything you can imagine out of the water. Because... In our little tiny human brains, we, we can imagine how awesome it's going to be on that day when we're all gathered together with those who put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in that place that we're going to be with Him forever and ever. But we can't even scratch the surface up here of what that's going to be like. But you know, John, the beloved disciple who was exiled on the Isle of Patmos and was praying in the Spirit when God revealed some things to him. And he wrote down this revelation. Anybody figure out what book we're about to open to? 
Which is why they call it the book of the Revelation. Because it's what was revealed to John by the Lord about what would take place. And John got a chance to actually see a glimpse of what we're all going to see one day. And he describes it throughout the book. And I know Revelation can be tough for, you know, when, you, when you're reading through it. But, but it's amazing when we do read through it and we do ask God to kind of open our eyes to what, to what John is telling us and what he's telling us through John in this, in this book. And he, and he describes what he sees. He describes the holy city, the new Jerusalem. And he talks about how beautiful it's going to be, what it's made of, what it measures, and all of the things that are happening around the throne of God and all the things that he sees there. And it's just amazing. And we're, not, we're only going to take a, a, a bit of what John writes today because we wouldn't have time to talk about all of it today. So we're just going to take a piece about what we can expect when that day comes, when we are in that place. And if you have your Bibles, I would ask you to turn with me to the book of Revelation. Or the back of the book. If you, the, the very back of the book. Revelation chapter 22. Okay. Revelation chapter 22. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5. Revelation 22, 1 through 5. And he showed me a river, the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall no longer be any curse and the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his bondservants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall no longer be any night, and they shall have not, no, not have need for the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun. Because the Lord God shall illumine them, and they shall reign forever and ever. Father God, I just ask that you bless the reading of your word. That you bless our time together. That, Father, as we take a look in, in the only way we can at the place you've prepared for us, would you just come and speak to our hearts? Would you just come and reveal yourself in these moments that we might just see you more clearly? We might hear your voice. We might know just a little bit more about your plan. And that it would spur us to go out from these walls to our communities and tell our friends and tell our neighbors about this place and about how we get there, which is through you and through your work on the cross. And your resurrection. And your promise to come again to receive us. Have your way in this message today. Have your way in this church. Have your way in us. In Jesus name. Amen. 
So as we look at this passage, the first thing we want to ask ourselves is what will be there? Like I said, John, in the previous chapters, and you can read those on your own time. I won't read the whole book today, but, but John describes so much of, of what it looks like and what, what is going on, what is taking place in heaven and then in this passage, what do we see will be there? First thing we see is perfect provision. It's going to be perfect provision. And he showed me a river, the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The river of life will flow from the throne. Psalm 46, 4 says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. Genesis 2.10 says, Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. And we, we know that that river divided and became the, the major rivers of that area. And Ezekiel 47.1 says, He brought me back to the door of the house. Behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east, for the house faced east, and the water was flowing down from under from the right side of the house from the south of the altar. And in Zechariah 14.8 he says. And it will come about in that day. That living waters will flow out of Jerusalem. Half of them toward the eastern sea. Half of them toward the western sea. It will be in summer as well as winter. The river of life flowing from the throne of God. Clear as crystal. Just imagine that. You're, you're thirsty. You're hot. You're tired. You need refreshment. You know we, we have... Lakes, and we have rivers, and we have streams, and we have ponds. But what do sometimes you got to worry about when you go and, and dip your hat or your cup out of one of them? What, what kind of contaminants are going to be in there? What, what kind of dirt, what kind of, of minerals or rocks or something are you going to end up drinking? Or, or if you're, you're swimming and the waters are really dark and kind of murky, what kind of critters are going to be in there? And, and where I'm from, we have these things called alligators. And you don't see them before they see you. And this summer when we were down there, my wife and two of the kids were fishing at a pond across. And, and they saw one floating by. Fortunately, he was dead because the owner had, had taken care of that. But Benny actually hooked him with a fish hook. So, you know, you want to make sure <laughs> of what's in the water before you go getting in it or before you go getting close to it. But that's not going to be a problem in the place that God has prepared because the river that flows from the throne of God is clear as crystal. Perfect, pure, spotless, don't need no filters. Don't need that, that Brita thing that's so hard to deal with. It ain't even worth it. Because you got to pour it out and empty it and put it in the refrigerator, whatever it is you do with it. Just drink out the tap like we did. But you don't have to worry about all that because the water's going to be pure and crystal clear that comes from the throne. And not only will the river of life be there, the tree of life, will be there. Verse 2, in the middle of the street, and it's on either side of the river, was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing 
of the nations. The tree of life will be on each side yielding fruit and healing. Revelation 2.7 in the letter to the church at Ephesus. Jesus says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And in Genesis 2.9, we are told, out of the ground, the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that was the tree they were told not to eat from. But when we're in that place, the fruit of the trees will not be forbidden anymore. The fruit of the trees will be available, will be there for us. It says, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding fruit every month. Now, I don't know how many of y'all know this about me. I don't like fruit. But I guarantee you in heaven, I'm going to learn to. Say, yeah, Lord, hand me that apple. Or whatever it is. I'll like fruit there. But the point of all this, when I say there will be perfect provision, there will be no shortage of water or food. We have the river of life that flows through from the throne. And we have the tree of life that bears fruit for food. You won't go thirsty you won't go hungry. That problem will no longer exist. Because God will have provided perfectly for everything we need. John 4.14, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And he says, whoever drinks the water that you're drawing, they're just going to get thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water I shall give him shall be, become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. You will never thirst in heaven. You will have all the refreshment that we need and that we could ever want. Ezekiel 47, 12 says, And by the river on its bank on one side, on the other will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. And their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. He said, and its leaves will be for the healing of the nations. There will be no more war. There will be no more strife. There will be no more hunger. There will be no more poverty. There will be no more need because all our needs will be satisfied when we're in that place by the one who died to make that possible. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. We will be satisfied with perfect provision in that place. There will also be perfect government. You say, oh, wait a minute, preacher, that's an oxymoron. Well, on, on this earth it is, because there's no such thing as perfect government. And it don't matter who's in charge, sorry. None of them are perfect. No human leadership will ever be perfect. But in heaven, we won't be in charge. 
in heaven, we're not the ones on the throne. We're not the government. And there shall no longer be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And his bondservants shall serve him. First of all, the curse of sin will be no more. Part of the reason the perfect, the, the government here isn't perfect is one, the governors are not perfect. And two, the governed are not perfect. But that's not going to be a problem when we're there in that place because the curse of sin will be no more. The problem that we deal with today, the problem of sin, even Christians, we still have the problem of sin because we can't fully shed this, this humanity on this earth. We still have the human nature that we still carry around until we leave this life. So sin's still a problem for all of us, but it's not going to be a problem on that day. It's not going to be a problem in that place. Zechariah 14, 11 says, And people will live in it, and there will be no more curse, for Jerusalem will dwell in security. And Matthew 13, 41 says, The Son of Man will send forth His angels. They will gather out of His kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness. There won't be any sin. You're going to leave this, this body of sin down here with, with the earth when you go to be with Him. So anybody who's planning on sinning in eternity, I hate to burst your bubble. You're not going to be able to. But you're also not going to want to. But sin will be free of that forever and ever and ever. The curse will be removed. And God will be on the throne and we will serve Him Forever. Ezekiel 48, 35 says, The city shall be 18,000 cubits round about, and the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. Now I'm going to tell you, I read about heaven, I sing about heaven, I, 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 I think about heaven sometimes, and you think about how beautiful it's going to be, you think about all the precious stones that it's made of, the streets of gold, the sea of crystal, the the, the angels singing, all the people we're going to see, and all that is wonderful. But if the only thing that was going to be in heaven was the Lord Himself, that'd be enough. It is enough. The Lord is there. If that don't get you to want to go to heaven, nothing will. Knowing that a God who created you and loved you and knew you from day one, knew you were going to sin but died for you anyway. And made a plan for you to be in relationship with Him and be with Him forever and ever. Is going to be there. Where else would you want to be? I want to be with Jesus. I want to be with my Lord. And He's going to be there so I can't wait. Perfect government. We will serve him, Revelation 7.15 says, For this reason they are before the throne of God and they serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne shall spread His tabernacle over them. We will be, you know, we serve Him here as best we can. But it's going to be perfect service. And what that actually looks like, I don't know. But perfect's good. So I know it's going to be good. And I know whatever we're doing in heaven is going to be awesome. 
We're going to have perfect government there. We're going to have perfect communion there. And when I say communion, I just mean our relationship with God. Right now, our relationship with God is through His Word and through worshiping Him and through praying and through our, you know, just when we are in the Spirit and, and we're communicating with Him, however we do that. But it's not perfect because we have distractions. We have other things that are going on in our life. We have things that, that kind of throw us off the path a little bit. But on that day, we're going to be face to face. On that day, the distractions are going to be gone. On that day, it's going to be us and the Lord. Perfect communion. Look at verse 4. They shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. We will see him and know him and be known by him. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, we are now children of God. It has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him just as He is. Again, in our little human brains, in our little human eyes, we can only see so much. In our, in our mind's eye, we, we, we kind of have an idea what we think Jesus looks like. We kind of, when we imagine him, we imagine him a certain way that helps us to focus. But we don't have any idea until we stand face to face. And on that day when we do, that's going to be amazing. That's going to be awesome when we are looking in the face of the one who loved us enough. The only one who loved us enough. To give his life for us. And we're going to see him. And he's going to see us. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, just as I also have been fully known. We'll know him as he is. We'll see him as he is. And we'll be known. And his name will be on our foreheads. We will be marked as his children forever and ever. I, I read this this week. There will be no anonymous saints in heaven. Nobody's going to slip in and stand in the corner and the angel go, Lord, who's that? How'd they get in here? Everybody will be known because everybody... It, is a child of God and everyone is one of His that He has claimed that has put their faith in Him. And not only will we know Him fully, we will be fully known by Him. Just let, let that rumble around in your head for a little while. Just, just If you get some time this afternoon between football games or something, just, just think about that. Ponder it. And we just can't even fully imagine what it's going to be like. And what we can imagine is great, and what, but it's even better. Perfect communion and perfect glory. And there shall no longer be any night. They shall not have any need of the light of the lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illumine them. Because God is light, 
No other light is needed. You know, we can keep our lights off during the day, can't we? If the sun's shining, we can. But at night, what happens? It gets dark. It's never getting dark there. Because God is light and He is there. The light is always on. Remember that old hotel commercial, we leave the light on for you? And heaven's a whole lot better than Motel 6, I promise you. The light is always on because God is the light. It's in the previous chapter, in chapter 21, verses 23 and 25. The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine upon it. For the glory of God has illumined it and its lamp is the lamb. And in the daytime, for there shall be no night there, its gates shall never be closed. And Isaiah 60, 19 says, No longer will you have the sun for a light by day, nor the brightness of the moon will give you light, but you will have the Lord for an everlasting light and your, your God for your glory. And they shall reign forever and ever. God's people will reign with Him for eternity. He told His 12 disciples in Matthew 19, 28, Truly I say to you, you, you who have followed me in the regeneration of the Son, when the Son of Man will sit on His glorious throne, you shall sit upon 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. In 2 Timothy 2.12, Paul says, If we endure, we shall also reign with Him. And Daniel prophesies in Daniel 7.27, Then the sovereignty, the dominions, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey Him. When we reach that stage called glorification, when we're with Him and we're like Him and, and we see Him as He is and we're worshiping around His throne, that is going to be such a glorious day, such a glorious time. And we are going to be there. And 10,000 years after we've been there, we're just getting started. And 10,000 more, we're just getting started. It's never going to end. Glory forever. Around the throne of our Lord. It's a beautiful picture. A perfect picture. Perfect provision. Perfect government. Perfect communion. Perfect glory. That's what will be there. Who will be there? It's perfect. The perfect people will be there. You say, wait a minute. That lets a lot of us out. It don't let a lot of us out. That lets all of us out. So how do we get there? Well, I want to look right before this passage, verse 27 of chapter 21. John writes, nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We, we sing that song, been singing that song since I was a kid, and I love it. When the roll 
It's called up yonder, I'll be there. And that's a fun song. If your name's on the roll. That's a fun song if your name's on the roll. It's a scary song if it's not. Those who are names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven is going to be beautiful beyond what we can even imagine. And because heaven will be free of sin, sickness, death, sorrow, unrighteousness, we cannot enter, we cannot enter unless God has our names recorded in the Lamb's book of life. Well, who are those? Who are those whose names have been recorded in the Lamb's book of life. Those who have given their lives to Jesus Christ by confessing with their mouths that He is Lord and believing in their hearts that God has raised Him from the dead have their names written in the Lamb's book of life. Those who have confessed and repented from their sins and received God's gift of forgiveness and justification are those whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. Those who are following Him daily as He takes them through the process of sanctification or becoming more like Him are those whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. And those who will hear Him say on that day, Well done, my good and faithful servant, are those whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life because that's what we will hear if we have given our lives to Him, if we have trusted Him with our lives, accepted His gift of forgiveness based on His death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and coming again. And those who do not have their names written in the Lamb's book of life, will hear Him say on that day, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Jesus said that He would go and prepare a place for us. And it's been prepared. It's a perfect place. And we can only enter there if we've been declared righteous. By putting our faith in the finished work that Jesus did on the cross to secure our salvation. So we hear about that, we read about that, we talk about that today. Don't you want to go? If your name's already in the book of life, aren't you excited about that day that you're going to be there with your Savior forever and ever and leave this old mess of this world behind? But if your name's not written in the book of life, or you're not sure if it's written in the book of life, God would not want you to leave from this place without knowing that you know that you know that you have a place secure, that you're going to be there with the saints of God in that amazing, awesome, beyond imagination place. And we want to give you that opportunity as we sing this final song, if, if there's something that God's laid on your heart, if, if you need to give your life to the Lord today, if you need to join this church, if you need prayer for something that's going on in your life, if you need prayer for physical healing, prayer for something that's coming up, whatever it is, there's freedom in this place. I'm here, I'll be glad to pray with you. Bill would be glad to pray with you. There's others that if the aisles get flooded, we, we'll pray with you or, and we'll wait. To pray with you. But if God's laid something on your heart. Don't, don't just let it go. Don't push it away. Make sure that we. Are where we need to be with the Lord today. And make sure that we're ready. 
to go to that place and that we're telling others about a God that loves them and provided eternity for them with himself if they will trust him. So you be obedient to what the Spirit says to you today as we sing our final song.